Don't forget to meet Duke the donkey and Minion the sheep. Um, they're here for Palm Sunday, of course. So grateful to be with you, all of you here, and then those of you also at home who are tuning in. Uh, this is, of course, the beginning of Holy Week. This is Palm Sunday, and every year we get to this time, and I think it sort of catches, up, catches us off guard, or maybe we say, I can't believe it's already Easter, or I can't believe we're already here. And I think this year, more than other years, it seems like that is true. And I wonder if that sort of puts us in a place much like the disciples or more like the disciples who were not really expecting what was going to happen. There's no way they could have been prepared, even though Jesus was trying to prepare them. They didn't have the imagination uh, that would be capable of, be, of expecting what was going to take place, both as Jesus goes to the cross and is suffering, but also being raised again in the resurrection. And so I guess this week, this morning, uh, what I'd like to do is to really help us en in enter into the week, enter into the week with some intent, uh, because again, it is easy for it to catch us off guard, and perhaps we may not be prepared for it, and I think this is an opportunity for us to perhaps be prepared, um, not so much to be prepared in the sense that there's no surprise, but actually be prepared to be open to God's surprise uh, with us and for us. So I'd like to pray, and then we'll get into um, the sermon this morning. God, you are with us. You are good. I pray that you would surprise us, that you would overwhelm us, that we would have a fresh encounter with you and the story of which we are part, and that that would, that would in some ways capture our imaginations in a new way. God, thank you for being, for being the one, for being a type of God who wants to enter into our story, into our world, to both reveal to us what it means to be fully human, but also to move toward us so that we might be people who receive your grace. So help us to be people who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. So as we look at Holy Week, as we look at the text this morning, um, I think that, that this text, I think that the journey to the cross and resurrection um, shows us three things, or at least it answers three different questions. That's what type of king are we dealing with here? What type of people are we? And then what type of kingdom are we caught up in? Are we wrapped up in? So what kind of king, what kind of people, what kind of kingdom? And so we see in the text that was read this morning that we're dealing with a king that is in so many different ways a king that is humble. That's something that we talk about. Even though we, and Brandon said this, the words that we hear is Hosanna. It's, it's, it's somehow calling out for, for rescue, but also some reverence there of praise and adoration. But this is a king who subverts any sort of expectation of what that would be like. We have a king who rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. And of course, a king riding into a city, into their city, of which they are, they are king over, um, this is, there's precedent for this, right? A king would ride in, of course, on a horse, and people would be waiting for him, they'd be receiving him. Uh, there'd be a sense in which people are, are throwing themselves down in worship, and there's a sense of joy of showing, of showing the world in a way that this, this is their king, this is the one who, who is the ruler over them. And we see that there are crowds waiting for Jesus, but also, these are crowds who had some sort of idea 
of who Jesus was having seen his ministry. I mean, for the rest of, of the world, this was almost like a non-event. I mean, for the Jews, this is something that, that they had some sense about. But here Jesus comes into Jerusalem, comes into a place that's also occupied by, by another ruler, another king, where the power is shown in their wealth and their architecture and their military. This Jesus comes in on a donkey. We see that this king is one who is humble. We also see this humility as the story continues throughout the week. Something we celebrate together is is, um, Monday, Thursday. It's an opportunity when we reenact the Last Supper of Jesus with his disciples and we see this humility playing out in such a rich and powerful way. John 13, 3-5 says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, he got up from the table, he took off his outer robe and he tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Then it continues, after he had washed their feet, Jesus put on his robe and returned to the table And he said, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. So this humble king who rides in on a donkey is also the one who gets on his knees and washes the feet of those who are to serve him. This king becomes a servant to the point where he is washing clean his disciples' feet. And it becomes then the way that we are to bear witness to the king in the world by our servitude toward one another, by our willingness to take off our robes, tie towels around our waist so that we might wash one another's feet. This is the king that we are shown in Holy Week. This humble king is also a suffering king. And it's somehow in this really upside-down way that, that the glory that this king displays is seen most clearly in the suffering on the cross. That this is a king who hold no, holds nothing back, but is a king who gives of himself completely, and that suffering and death become a way by which glory is glimpsed. I mean, this is not a king that people had categories for. This is a whole new thing. People knew what glory looked like, and suffering and death was not the picture of that. But God, who came to us in Jesus, in his humility and in his willingness to suffer, gives us a different glimpse into what power looks like. The Apostle Paul says this about the cross in 1 Corinthians 1, "...for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing." But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness, as we see on the cross, is wiser than human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. And God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. 
God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Things that are not to reduce to nothing. Things that are so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Amen. This is the type of king that we are shown in the story of Holy Week. But we're also shown the type of people that we are, the type of people that are, that are responding to this king. And often the type of people we see are those who are fickle and self-protective. And Holy Week, I think, reveals this tendency that we have of being fickle and of being self-protective. See, we're like those who welcome Jesus in on the donkey, throwing down our, our, our cloaks onto the ground as he walks by, you know, waving palm branches, but then those very same people are the ones who call out and cry out for his crucifixion just a few days later. I don't know if you can, you can resonate with that sense of being one way toward this king, toward Jesus, and then in a whole other moment, not too far away from the last one being a different way. Following, showing adoration and praise to utter rejection and rebellion. Holy Week reminds us that these are the type of people that we have a tendency to be. We're also like the disciples who are uncomfortable with the humility that Jesus displays. Like Peter, when Jesus is going to wash his feet, says, no, no, no. This sense of this vulnerable God is too much for, for Peter to be able to handle. And we see that in ourselves. We want a strong, very powerful, very world-altering, and a cosmic scale king. And though that is the type of king we have, it comes to us in a different way, and that makes us feel often very uncomfortable. And we're not sure what to do with it. Because if our God is a God who is willing to be vulnerable, then what does that mean for us and what we're expected to be? I do not like that. I am fine. Thank you very much. I will hide and you will never know me. And that is just the way I like it. But Jesus shows us a different way. And Holy Week reminds us of who that Jesus is and reminds us of who we would rather be but God is calling us into a different way. We're like Judas, who out of our own agendas, our own self-satisfaction, betray the one who has come to give life. We're like Peter, who at one time proclaims Jesus as Lord, but then denies him three times. Holy Week helps us see like a mirror that we are these type of people and we often do not like what we see. As the hymn goes, we're prone to wander. We're inconsistent. We shield ourselves from the gentle and vulnerable God, and we often go another way than the way Jesus has shown us is the way that leads to life. Matthew 16 says this, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? Jesus shows us that we are to give our lives in order to find them. But I am so caught up with trying to find my life and to keep my life that that tendency is often keeping me from the thing that might actually help me know who I am at my core, which is a beloved child of God, a disciple called to follow Jesus in the way toward the cross. So that is what Holy Week shows us in terms of the type of people we are or have a tendency to be. But what does Holy Week show us about what kind of kingdom we're wrapped up in, we're caught up in? It's a kingdom that's subversive and also patient. It's subversive in that it's upside down. Again, it's like there's, there, there's hardly any sort of imagination or any sort of category that can help us be prepared for what this means. It comes in a way that we don't often expect. See, it's on full display in the small acts of love, in the small faithfulness that we see in Jesus, in the touching of a person who the world has rejected and bringing them into life, in these small meals that Jesus has with his disciples, in small acts like washing feet. See, it's upside down. This is the way that the glory and the power comes into the world in a way that we don't expect, in a way that's subversive. It's upside down. And it doesn't come by coercion or power. So many, every other kingdom comes by coercion, comes by power. It comes by do this or else. But Jesus is after our hearts from the inside out. And that is slow, often painful, often zigzag type of work. It's, there's hardly a straight line. But the kingdom that Jesus presents and reveals is a kingdom that is patient, that is willing to go after the core of who we are so that we are people who are changed, that we as a community are people who are changed. Jesus wants nothing less than our hearts. And Holy Week reminds us that that is true. See, it comes by way of a long and long, arduous work of transformation. Transformation, that's what Jesus is after. That's what Holy Week presents to us, the opportunity for transformation. And God in Jesus is patient enough to go after that with us, his people, his creation. It comes slowly through a group of people, us, those of us here, those of, those of you at home, us who are committed to the long obedience in the same direction. Don't walk that way, because that'll happen again. Jesus is after this long obedience in the same direction, and it is a long obedience, and it is in the same direction, and there's small steps to take toward it. Often we want something big, we want something magical, we want something so right away, but Jesus is after something so much more long-lasting than we could get quickly or efficiently. See, the kingdom comes in a week like this, in a week like Holy Week. Here we are talking about something that has changed the course of the world. And it's so wonderful, actually, that we are outside. Because as, as we are here, as we are attending to this reality, 
There are cars driving by. There are people who are, who are living in a way that's completely different. And yet we, as a community, as people who believe in this Jesus, say that no, the world has changed forever. Everything was moving toward the cross and resurrection, and everything is beginning to move away from that in the sense of finding its meaning from that moment. That is something that we hold to be true, while it often seems like the rest of the world is going about its business. But Holy Week pulls us in to say, no, this is what is true. This is who you are. This is the type of king you're dealing with. These are the type of people you are. This is the type of kingdom that you're wrapped up in. And so my encouragement to us as we move into this week, beginning with today, is to be open to a fresh encounter with the king who has come and moved towards us, even in our fickle, fickle ways, even in our self-protective nature, so that we might experience life and grace and mercy and love. And so I encourage you, I encourage myself, I encourage us as a community to not miss it. Don't miss this week. Be overwhelmed by the humble king whose way is most revealed in the suffering love of the cross and then who is vindicated in God's power to resurrect. May it lead us to wonder and adoration and joy. Be overwhelmed by the people that we are in both the ways that that we would rather not be in our ways of being self-protective, of wandering, Be overwhelmed by the truth of that so that we might then be overwhelmed by the infinite grace and mercy that God extends to us in Jesus. May it lead us to confession and repentance and sheer gratitude. Be overwhelmed by the subversive and patient way of the kingdom that has pulled us into it. May it lead us to trust and hope in the Lamb of God and the suffering servant. May we trust in the God revealed in Jesus and in the kingdom that he has initiated. So don't miss it. May we be a community who enters into it. May we be a community who is open to the transformation and the formative work of the Spirit as revealed to us in the person of Jesus, in the cross and resurrection. That's what I think this week offers to us. So the worship band, you you guys can come up. Go for it. You guys can get ready. I'd like to encourage us as we to stand, but also to, to consider as we sing together, as we, as we sing these songs, as we acknowledge the words that we're saying, may they, may they help us in, enter into the reality of what we have before us. From here, the humble king coming into Jerusalem toward Monday, Thursday, where we see the person of Jesus serving his disciples to Good Friday where glory is revealed in the death of Jesus and then also in resurrection where we get our hope, our complete and utter hope because God raised Jesus from the dead.